Thank you, New Beginnings, for having me here. I am so excited uh, to be a part of what God is doing here. Uh, obviously, Chris and I are close friends, have been for several years uh, through Dare to Share that I'm still, I still work with. I started my own ministry as well that's very much got the same DNA that we're trying to do church-wide, what, what Dare to Share has been doing with, with youth ministry. So it's a partnership, and uh, it's been amazing to see what God has done. I served as a uh, a youth pastor for 13 years, still got youth ministry in my blood, love teenagers, got two of my own. I'll introduce them in just a moment. Uh, and then after uh, 13 years of youth ministry, God called me to be a church planter and pastor. And I did that for about four years. And then God called me into full-time evangelism, which led us to going on the road. And then we moved to Colorado and then the pandemic happened and we came back. And just now, getting to do that uh, now back from my home in Kentucky. I'm in Mount Vernon, Kentucky, by the way. It's about 50 miles south of Lexington. I-75 runs right through it. Don't blink uh, if you go through it. I love this city, but when I'm out nationally uh, or whatever speaking, people will ask me, are you in the eastern Kentucky mountains? And I'll say, no, I'm in the foothills. So y'all in the mountains, I'm in the foothills, all right? And I love Pikeville and love, I love that, what this church is doing to serve Pikeville and, and surrounding communities, uh, especially in what, with what's happened recently. We've been friends with him for several years, love him. Got to meet Adam uh, like from the same state, but we didn't meet until we are in Colorado back in April. Instantly, uh, we're friends and just love him and thank God for what he's doing here as well. And then got to meet your pastor, Pastor Jared, this morning for the first time. And uh, yeah, he's just my kind of guy, my kind of leader. Let's give your pastor... A round of applause for being such a fantastic leader. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, I know, I know, I knew immediately after I met him why uh, Chris and Adam speak so highly of him. Just a fantastic leader, and I'm just so grateful again to, to be here with you. My family didn't get to come. We have a lot going on as school is starting to to fire back up, but also. Uh, this is just my immediate family here that you see, but we have four foster children in addition to this. I don't show pictures of them. Some of you are giving me the face. Like, he needs prayer. Yes, yeah, I'll receive it right here. Amen. Bring it on. Uh, we have four foster children. Oh, it's a blessing. Don't get me wrong. But, it, you know, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a lot of work. Four of them. They're eight. Now, I've got two teenagers. I introduced all my family here in just a moment, and I don't show pictures of the foster children for privacy issues, of course, but, uh, but they're ages five, four, two, and one. So yeah, 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 pour it out on me, please. Pray for me. Pray for my wife. Uh, uh, but it is a blessing, you know, if the Lord gives us the opportunity, we want to adopt them. Uh, it's just something we've always had on our heart that's, a, that's part of our ministry too. But, uh, but this is my immediate family. This, is a, this photo's a little bit dated. It's a couple of years ago. We did move out to Colorado for a while. We did have to move back because of the pandemic and some things. But while we were there, we got to visit the Garden of the Gods. This is in Colorado Springs. That is my wife next to me, not my daughter, all right? And uh, she, I'm holding on to her for dear life because she's like, we're on a large rock and we're on a mountain. Please don't let me fall. And there was plenty of space, but she's scared of heights. But anyway, my beautiful wife, Amy, uh, and she, we're, we've been almost married 19 years. This November will make 19 years. And just everywhere God's called us, she's been faithful to say, let's, yes, let's do it. And sometimes she was more, uh, more willing and ready than I, than I was. And she's just an awesome uh, partner in life and ministry. Next to her is our daughter, Shaylin. She will turn 16 in just a, a little over a month, actually, going into her sophomore year. She loves photography. You see her camera. She's also an animal lover. Do we have any animal lovers in the house? Yeah, y'all crazy. 
Yeah, animal lovers are crazy. I like animals too, but uh, animal lovers can be crazy. The reason I know that is because she's crazy. She's crazy about animals. We'll be in the Wendy's drive-thru. She'll st- see a stray cat. And she'll open the door and be like, get it, get it, get it, trying to get the, wants to take them all home, wants to rescue all of them. We had to get rid of a lot of our animals. We're starting to build back the animal kingdom now. But we had to get rid of a lot of them before we moved to Colorado. But before we moved to Colorado, we actually had two cats, three dogs, a miniature horse, a bunch of chickens, and a chinchilla. And I don't even know what a chinchilla is still. Uh, but that's what we had. She, lo- she just wants them all. She loves them. Uh, but she's very, uh, she's very creative and artistic as well. Next to her is our son, Evan. Uh, Evan is uh, 17. He's going into his senior year at Rockcastle County High School, and he loves music. We, I know we got some music lovers in the house. That's right. Awesome. Uh, obviously, here on stage, we got an awesome job from the praise team. Let's give them another round of applause. Fantastic. Uh, my wife and I don't really have any musical abilities at all. We love music. That's about it. We don't have any musical abilities, but Evan's been gifted. We think he's our kid. I'm just kidding. But he, he's got all this musical talent, and we're like, wow, it's just from God, you know. Uh, he started out learning to play the drums. Then he learned to play the, the piano. Now he can play the guitar. He can sing. He's getting better every week. He's actually leading worship in, on, on stage at our church that we're attending a lot of Sundays. Uh, it's another reason why I couldn't be here today. So, um, so yeah, uh, thankful for all of my family. I will say that all of my family are kingdom influencers for Jesus. And I'm, I'm, I'm th- I like to brag about them. I wish they could be here, but I'm thankful for that. My favorite story to share about Evan is actually involves Xbox. We got any gamers in the house? We got a few. There's always more than what raises their hands. Oh, come on, some, some of you adults, raise your hands. I know you're up to 2 a.m. Some of you playing Xbox. Uh, yeah, some of you have toddlers like, yeah, it's all right. Uh, Xbox or PlayStation. Xbox, we get more Xbox. So Evan's an Xbox guy, all right? I was a Sega, I was Sega Genesis and, and, and uh, Nintendo. Where's my homies at? That's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, and so uh, Evan, you know, back then you played games with, with friends. You had to go to each other's homes and, you know, do it like that. But now you can get online and basically play with anybody in the world, I guess. And so uh, just to kind of give you an idea of what God's done in through Evan's life, about uh, several years ago, actually, he was like, Almost seventh, seventh or almost eighth grade, uh, he would just come back from a Dare to Share conference. He'd learn how to share his faith. He was actually doing it on the street. He was scared to death, but he did it, and God worked in his life. Well, he came back home, and one Saturday afternoon, it was just me and him at the house. I was watching a Kentucky football game. It was one of those days when it wasn't going our way. We've had them. We've had them. And he was upstairs playing Xbox, and then I was kind of walking by his room, and I kind of, he's usually like yelling and carrying on and having fun playing with this friend uh, named Nick in Florida. Never met him in person, but played online with him. And I walked by his room, and it sounded like he was having a spiritual conversation. Like, whoa, wait a minute. So I'm tuning out of the game. I'm tuning in to what Evan is saying online here, and he was. I got to sit there. I started texting some friends. Hey, pray. My son's having a conversation with a a gamer online. Started tweeting it out, everything I could think of. And I had the joy. It's a proud papa moment. I had the joy of listening as my son, Evan, almost eighth grade, uh, shared the gospel with Nick and led Nick to faith in Jesus right there on Xbox Live. It was so awesome. Yeah, praise God. Yeah, yeah, he... He like he he paused the game and muted the microphone. He busted out of the door. And I'm sitting right there. He goes, Dad, I just led Nick to faith in Christ. I was like, I know I was listening. And I hugged him and it was like, I was like, you're an Xbox missionary. And then 
it got a little awkward after that, but you know. But anyway, uh, it, it's, that's awesome. Like he, he, it's a mission field. That's that's a sphere of influence for him. And uh, so there he is. He's on. He still plays Xbox to this day. So he's on there blowing stuff up and telling people about Jesus to the glory of God on Xbox. You can do it there. And so uh, and and something that made me another proud uh, uh, Papa moment was just a, a few weeks ago, Evan had um, an endoscopy, a scope. He had been having some stomach issues, and uh, he was waking up and all groggy. And like any good parent, we were videoing him and making fun of him, you know. And, uh, and then I noticed he, he didn't know. He was like, oh. And I, his phone was over here dinging a little bit. And so I looked at it, and I was seeing what message was coming in. Some of y'all judge me right now, but I pay for that phone. Amen. All right. And I saw, I saw the message, and it was from one of his youth group friends, and it said, uh, praying for you in your, your procedure today, and, and, and God has used you so much to pour into my life. Evan, you're, you're such an influencer. That was the words that they used, influencer. And I was like, that's a proud papa moment. And so I am thankful. I I'm, I'm thank God for my family. They're praying for you since they couldn't be here with you. They're praying for you. They're praying for me. I'm thankful that all of my family, I believe, are influencers for the kingdom of God. So let me ask you here today, how many of you all consider yourselves influencers? Raise your hands if you do. We got a few. We got a few. That's good. Uh, but I want us to see that through God's word today, by the end of this message, if I asked again at the end of this message, I want every single person in this room to be able to lift your hand and say, I'm an influencer. Because if you're here today and you know Jesus, you're called to be an influencer. Now, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you're going to have the opportunity to come to know Jesus, and we're already praying for you, and you're not here by accident. All right? But if you know Jesus as you're saying, now you hear that story, you're like, well, I couldn't share the gospel on Xbox. Well, you know, I'm not saying you need to share the gospel on Xbox, but, but listen, you can be an influencer wherever God has you throughout your day, in your life, wherever God, wherever God has landed you, your sphere of influence, whether it's you know, friends at school or college or, or work or, or you know, friends you hang out with to do, to do things and hobbies and things like that, God has called you to be an influencer. And so I want us to, I want us to see that uh, together today. I've been, talking this, been do, uh, going through this series called I'm In. Uh, last week, I know Pastor Jared kicked it off with uh, I'm Invaluable. Today we're going to talk about uh, how we're in, all in, influential. We're influencers. And next week we're going to wrap it up with, with I'm Invited. And so the goal here today is to see yourself by the end of the service, to see yourself as God sees you, and that is as an influencer for Jesus, for his kingdom, for his, for his work. We're called to be a light in this world and messengers of the hope of Jesus. And here's the thing. Let's start out simple, right? Uh, baby steps, right? You have no idea how one conversation, one word of encouragement, or one expression of love might change someone's life. Just, just got to be willing to speak up. I asked some of you to raise your hands. There wasn't a whole lot of hands that went up. And, and maybe part of that reason is I shared the story, a crazy story. It doesn't happen every week where, where Evan's leading somebody to faith in Christ on, on Xbox. But you heard that story and you thought, well, maybe that's not something I could ever see myself doing. Well, forget about that for a moment. Well, I think another reason why a lot of people didn't raise their hands is because I think culture has sort of hijacked this term influencer. All right? I think they've kind of they changed the definition, and now we look at the definition of what that is, and we're like, well, that's not me, so I must not be an influencer. So uh, I looked it up online just to see what was out there, and here's the definition that I came across, and this, all of them were similar to this. Uh, the definition of an influencer online, it says, an individual 
who has the power to affect purchase decisions of others because of their authority, knowledge, or relationship with their audience. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> in the first service, there was a kid in the back that goes, huh? And I'm like, amen, <laughs> right? Because I'll hear that, and I'm like, really? That's what an uh, influencer is? Because I think on my life, when I was growing up, man, influencers were, uh, they were coaches. They were teachers. They were neighbors. My parents, I'm thankful for my godly parents. I want to look at ourselves as influencers because cultures kind of try to change that. Well, I want us to sort of reclaim that word and not really listen to what the world calls an influencer, but look more at what the word of God calls an influencer here today. Think about this moment for just a second. Who led, who's the one that told you about Jesus? Or who's the one that led you to Christ? That's an influencer. Who taught you about Jesus as you were growing up? That's an influencer. It could be some even stranger that you were having a difficult day and God put them in your path and they were obedient to say some word of encouragement to you during that time. That's an influencer. And you can be influencer an influencer as well. I think a big problem with the, these, this concept of influencer is we oftentimes, we automatically think about platform, right? Like, oh, well, an influencer is somebody who's got like millions of followers on social media, right? Or like a celebrity or a star, a content creator, uh, or somebody that speaks on a stage, but maybe it's in a, an arena of thousands that hear, that we think of that platform. But listen, I want us to look and think differently today that, that being an influencer it doesn't usually start with a platform. It starts with people. People that God has placed right in front of you. So who is already in your life that God has called you to influence? A recent sociology study came out that said this. I thought this was pretty mind-blowing, pretty awesome. It said that the shyest of people will impact over 10,000 people in their lifetime. By the end of their lives, the, shy, the shyest of people will impact enough people, will influence enough people to fill up an arena. And that's somebody that's really shy. We have no idea the amount of influence that we can and will have if we will just take that step, say that word, shine our light, tell somebody about Jesus, Teach that lesson. Whatever it is that God has called you to do, I just want us to grasp this and take this to heart today that if you know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, you can confidently be able to raise your hand today and say, yes, I'm an influencer. Not because of what culture says, but because of what King Jesus says. In fact, let's look at what Jesus says about it. That's what, don't take my word for it, right? Let's look at Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20 is we're going to be today. It's going to be on the screen. Uh, obviously, welcome to turn there with us as well. This is, I love this passage. You know, as an evangelist missionary, this is probably one of, if not my, the most favorite passage to preach. I just love it. This is, you know, this is Jesus' last and lasting mandate for us as his followers to make disciples everywhere to be influencers and and, and just to kind of to kind of give it a little background at this point in history at this point in time jesus has already died on the cross and paid for our sins he's been buried and now he's, on the, he's risen again and he stands with the disciples <clears throat> on top of the mountain before he gets asc he's ascended into heaven and this is his commission we call this the great commission 
oftentimes. At Dare to Share, a lot of times we like to say it's the cause, because this generation is greatly into causes. But this is what Jesus said, and he didn't just say it to those disciples there. Listen, it's recorded in Scripture so that we as his disciples and followers and here today, he was saying this to us as well. This is what he said. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is the last and lasting mandate, last words of Jesus before he ascended into heaven to us, the church, to us as followers of Christ, to make disciples. Another a great word we can use for that, making this an influencer. Influence others towards Jesus. And so maybe some of you are saying, well, I'm, I am shy. I just can never see myself you know, starting a spiritual conversation or teaching somebody about Jesus or, 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 or stepping out and, and, and making that phone call or sending that text message to start a conversation about Jesus. But, but listen, forget about what culture defines as an influencer. Listen to what Jesus says. Here's three uh, reasons based on what Jesus says right here in this passage that you can know for sure that you are called to be an influencer. And number one is we have the authority. We have the authority. A lot of times when we read this passage, and I've been guilty of this as preachers, and it's not a real big deal, but we'll read the Great Commission, and we'll start with verse 19 where it says, go therefore, and then we don't read the verse before that. But y'all know what the rule is on the word therefore, right? You got to see what it's there for. So you back up and you see what's it connected to. And this is, this is what the therefore is there for. Jesus said this. He's speaking to the disciples. He's speaking to you and me as Christians. And he says, all authority has been on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Then go and make disciples. So listen, he says, I have all authority. Now, if Jesus were from Kentucky, he'd probably say a little bit like, little bit like this. Boys, I'm the boss. I'm in charge of heaven and in earth. And I was like, well, that's a big, bold statement. How can Jesus say that? Well, remember, Jesus has just died on the cross and come back to life. Listen, when you conquer death, hell, and the grave, you get to be the boss. Amen? Yeah. He's the boss. And he basically what he's saying is, I, am, I have all authority over heaven and earth. Therefore, followers of mine, I'm authorizing you to go and make disciples. I'm authorizing you to be an influencer in your world. You have all authority. Granted from the one who is, has all authority to do these things. Uh, any, any football fans in the house? Oh yeah. You smell it in the air? <laughs> that fresh cut, cut grass and 90 degree weather? It's football season, baby, <laughs> right? I know it's coming. I'm, I'm a little bit of a fanatic. I played football through high school. Got all these injuries that are creeping back in and getting surgeries from them. Still, it was a lot of pain. Still love the game, right? Uh, I love high school football. I love all football, but my favorite's college. I know we're historically, traditionally a basketball state, but we've had some good football seasons lately. Kentucky football, and it just feels right. Am I right? Amen. Yes. Uh, and so uh, I love football. Uh, I wouldn't consider myself a lazy person, but if I ever get a full Saturday of nothing else to do, oh, yeah. College game day, all day football to the very end. I even watched the West Coast games. I'm crazy. I love it all. I love football. 
And I've seen a lot of football. Some of you are like, I don't like football, but maybe some of you do. I've seen a lot of football, and I've seen some games where there was a, a, a little guy, 150 pounds, dripping wet, stop a 300-pound linebacker dead in his tracks. And some of y'all are thinking, what kind of game are you watching? Well, the 150-pound guy was the referee. Okay, so he wasn't stronger, he wasn't faster, he wasn't, didn't have to be smarter, he just had the authority. He's the official. He can stop the game. <laughs> and he, some of us are saying, well, I'm not that smart maybe when it comes to Bible knowledge, I've not been to a seminary, I don't have a Bible college degree, I'm not a talkative person, I'm shy, I, I can't do this, I can't be influential in this way. Oh, but you have the authority. Because Jesus said you did. Because the one who has all authority has actually given you the authority. He's authorized you to do this. We have the authority. Secondly, we have the assignment. Second part of this says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Baptize it. So listen, uh, you know, a lot of times when we read this, and it's not a, it's not a big deal. I'll do it too. But, but a lot of times we read this text, we use the word go as though it's the verb. You know, it's the action word. Go. And, you know, that's okay. Let's go. I'm all about it. But, you know, the New Testament was originally written in Greek. You know, very complex language, very ambiguous. And if you look at the original Greek on this text, it doesn't... Go is not the verb. It's not even the command, actually. Uh, the command, the verb, the action word is mathetuyo, which in Greek means make disciples. Make disciples. That's the command. That's the verb. So, so go, uh, and it's awesome to go, but the, actually go is passive here. So really how it would read in Greek is more like this. Being as you're going, being as you're already going, make disciples. Being as you're already going, be an influencer. You're already going to school in a couple weeks maybe. Uh, you're already going to work. You're already going to the game. You're already going to the store. You're already going through life. As you go, you're already going. As you go, make disciples. Be an influencer. And, and, and let, me, let, us remind, let me remind us, this, this is not the good suggestion. This is the great commission. This is truly a command from Jesus. He's, he's the king. He has all authority. And, and, and so not only are we... Uh, are we uh, should want to be influencers and have the authority to do it, but based on this passage, we're commanded to. We're commanded to. But here's the great thing about that. When Jesus commands us to do something, he also equips us. Right? He gives us the tools. He gives us the resources. He, he puts us into this you know, spiritual battle. He gives us the right arsenal to, to carry out this assignment. Uh, now, some of that is getting trained and equipped to share the gospel, right? And, and you're, you're going to learn more about that, as the, and you've already maybe been doing those kind of trainings, but through Pastor Jared, through, uh, through Chris, through Adam, different leaders in the church, getting trained and equipped to share the clear gospel is, a, is, a, is an awesome thing. It's what our ministry does, too. But here, here's some other resources that you already have, right, if you know Jesus. Number one, uh, you have the Holy Spirit, who lives within you? We were singing about it earlier. When you got saved, the Holy Spirit came in, and he lives in you. I love Acts chapter 1, 
Uh, verse 8, Jesus' words here too says, uh, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What Jesus didn't say, he didn't say you will receive power when you get a Bible college degree. He didn't say you'll receive power when you read it from cover to cover or, or when you get your life all together. Those are great things. Nothing wrong with that. But what he did say is you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, Acts is a transitional period in church history. We know that. Uh, but when, now when you get saved today, the Holy Spirit comes in you. So uh, but we also want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, he's already there, but we want him to have control. That's what being filled means. Here's how I like to say it. When you get filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, you're not getting more of God. He's just getting more of you. Now, I love chocolate milk. That's random, but I do. Anybody else? I got some other people praising Jesus and washing the windows of heaven over there. I love chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah, some of them got Pentecostal in the first service over there. I just mentioned chocolate milk. Now, here's the thing. Um, you buy it pre-mixed a lot nowadays, but the real good chocolate milk is when you pour that syrup in yourself. Can I get a, can I get a witness? Yeah, some of y'all with me now. Okay, so when I was a kid, that's how you had to do it, right? And I remember my mama, she would get, you know, get that tall glass of, of white milk poured in there, and then she'd take that syrup and squeeze it in there and stir it up, and it was just like a little taste of heaven. Chocolate milk. But I was getting a little older, I remember, and I was getting a little bit more independent. I wanted to make my own chocolate milk. So what did I do? I told my mom, I want to make my own chocolate milk. So I got a glass out, poured some milk in it, made a little mess. Uh, and then I took the, the Hershey's uh, syrup, put about a quarter of the bottle in it, <laughs> and then just took a drink. I want to taste the chocolate. Need more chocolate. Rest of the bottle goes in. <laughs> Take another drink. I still don't taste the chocolate. And so I have to say, Mom, why can't I taste the chocolate? And so she says, honey, you got to stir it up. You didn't stir it up. You've got to stir So she takes and she starts stirring up, and then it turns black, right? <laughs> so much chocolate. Uh, it's like that with the Holy Spirit. See, the syrup was already in the milk. It just had to be stirred up. So as a Christian, the Holy Spirit is already in us. We just got to stir him up. And let him have control. When you're filled with the Spirit, when he's stirred up and got control, we are empowered to be witnesses, to be disciple makers, to be influencers. Not only do we have the Holy Spirit, another uh, great resource, obviously we have prayer, the Word, Holy Spirit, now gospel. Which is obviously a, a part of God's Word, is God's Word. But the gospel, there's, there's power in this message. I love how... how the Apostle Paul states this in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. There is power in the gospel. Later in, first in Corinthians, the, the Apostle Paul, he describes that what is the gospel? It is the burial, or the death, the burial, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That message, just sharing that message... It's powerful. God has infused power in that message. The Bible says it right here. There's power in it. There's no other verse really quite like that. 
God has infused power in the message of the gospel so that even if you are shy or even if you, you, know, you don't really know exactly all the things that you need to say, but you've got the Holy Spirit and you've got a heart and you know that you're an influencer because you're, you're, you're authorized and you've been given this assignment, you can step out and just speak the gospel. And it doesn't mean they're automatically going to trust Christ, but guess what? There's power in it. We like to say it, dare to share. It's like the gospel is like pulling the pin on a grenade. It doesn't matter who pulls the pin, it's going to blow. It doesn't matter if it's a 14-year-old girl that shares the gospel or a 77-year-old man or any age in between or beyond that. When they do, there's power in it. There's power in the gospel. We have that power to speak that, to be influencers in our world. There's also power in multiplication. Now, I want to submit this to you, just kind of frame this question. We're going to do a little math. That makes my head hurt because I'm not a math guy, so I'm glad somebody else did the math for us. Uh, but thinking of this question of how long would it take to win the world to Christ. So we've got on one column addition, the other side multiplication. Maybe a little hard to see for some, but, but here's the spiel. I want to submit this to you today. Let's say addition in this regard is platform. Let's say multiplication here on this other column represents more about people. And what do I mean by that? Well, for example, how long would it take to win the world for Christ? Okay, here's the math. Ten evangelists winning a thousand people a day. Now, that's a lot of rock star evangelists, right, getting it done. But I would say, okay, maybe they must have a big, strong platform, right? Like they must have a huge, maybe they have a social media following that's crazy large. Or they, they, they speak on a stage and speak to thousands. And those, those kind of evangelists, maybe. But that's still addition and that's still just more about platform because if you do the math, even 10 evangelists winning 1,000 people a day to Christ, which seems near impossible, it would take 1,753 years to win the world for Christ. And that's if no one else is born. And someone else was just born. Couldn't be done. But now switch over here to multiplication. There's power in multiplication. It's less about the platform of the people. It's more about the people multiplying as disciples. Okay? Year one, that maybe start out too crazy, but year one, you're just reproducing yourself. Ten disciples reproducing themselves, right? Year one, you just double, 20 disciples. Not bad. But not big numbers. Okay, but drop down to year 10, you got 10,240 disciples. Then what starts happening to the curve is there's exponential growth in multiplication like this. Year 25, you got 335 plus million. And then by year 30, you got 10 billion. There's not even that many people on the planet. There's power in being an influencer with the people that are in front of you. We talk about, okay, what would it take to win the world for Christ? Let's just zoom in a little bit. Forget that for just a minute. How about your world? Who's in your world? Who's in your sphere of influence? Is it a family member? Is it a friend? Is it a neighbor? Classmate? We have the power. We have the assignment. And we're called to be influencers. Finally, we have the assurance. Jesus closes out this powerful passage like this, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. 
I love this promise because not only do we have his power, but we have the promise, the promise of his presence. Now, we talked about power just a minute ago, but now we have this promise from Jesus that through the presence of the Holy Spirit, no matter what, he's always going to be with us. Jesus is always going to be with us. The greatest influencer that has ever lived, who lives today and sits on the throne, he lives within you, child of God. So wherever you go, to go out, step out and to be an influencer, even though it may be scary, trust in him because he's always with you to help you out. Man, this verse has really got me through some crazy times. Uh, when you, you know, I love sharing my faith. I still get nervous, right? But, but, but when, I, when I share my faith, Crazy things happen sometimes, usually crazy good. Like sometimes people come to know Christ. That's awesome. But sometimes it's just crazy. I remember several years ago, uh, I was a youth pastor up in the Cincinnati area. And uh, we were doing this thing called Grow Team, where you kind of go out and you knock on doors and you invite people to your church. And sometimes you get to have a gospel conversation. It's pretty cool. And it was me and this guy from my church, my friend named Brian. We were going out, knocking on, on the doors and inviting people to church. And uh, they had us wear these little, I was the church I served at was Hickory Grove Baptist Church. And they had us wear these little, these little badges that had our name on it. And it said Hickory Grove Baptist Church. And I'll just be honest right now, I, I thought it was kind of lame. I was like, I don't want to wear it. I guess I was trying to be a cool youth pastor. Newsflash, I wasn't cool then. I still, I'm still not. I see some of you teenagers, though, thinking, no, name tag, not cool, John. I know, I know. But we wore them, and I'm really glad I did. I'll tell you in a minute. So we go to this one house, me and Brian. You know, a few people's not home, but we get to this one house, knock on the door. A lady opens the door. Uh, her husband's not home, so obviously we don't go inside. I think she had a couple of her kids or teenagers up, upstairs. But she is this one of those moments where she was super interested, like God was working, and she, uh, we didn't go inside, but she came out on the porch and just started asking all these questions, not just about church, but about God. And I got to share the gospel. And she was like all caught up and having to live this perfect life and, and work herself to heaven. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's not about works. It's about, it's about what Jesus did for us. And I got to share the gospel. And she soaked it up like a sponge, man. And, and Brian's over here and I, we can feel the excitement and he's praying and I'm sharing and and, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the gospel of grace. I'm sharing. I'm laying it out. And it's just one of those awesome moments. And, and she just started crying. And she said, I'm ready right now. I want to receive the gift of salvation. I'm like, right now. She's like, now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and that's awesome. So I prayed with her. And right then and there, she put her faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Man, saved her soul right there on the front porch. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And, and, so, and so we're like, she's still crying. And me and Brian are, I'm like, cheesing it. This is awesome. And then her husband pulls into the driveway. And he's a cop. <laughs> and uh, I'm not making this up. This is an actual true story. Uh, he gets out. He's, not, he's in his cruiser, but he's not on duty. He's been to the gym. And the guy is jacked. His arms are bigger than my head. I feel like his pecs were dancing. He did not have a happy look on his face. And you've got to put yourself in his shoes for a minute. The cop pulls in. Okay, he's seen some bad stuff. He's a cop. He's been working out. He comes in. He's probably tired. He sees two strange dudes standing on his front porch talking to his wife, and she's crying. You'd be ticked off too. I'd be ticked off probably. And he's walking, carrying his gym bag like this. He goes, what's going on, guys? And I looked at Brian and said, we're going to jail. <laughs> or worse. And I, the Holy Spirit 
whispered this verse in my ear. I believe it in my heart. Surely I'm with you always, even to the end of your life, which is going to happen in about five seconds. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Surely I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I'm with you, he said. And so I was really glad I had the name tag. Hey, I'm with Hickory Grove Baptist Church. And Brian and I are just here. We're just knocking on doors. I didn't know his spiritual condition, but I just I knew God was with me. I stepped out in faith, and I said, you know what? We got the chance to talk to your wife today. I don't know your spiritual condition, sir, but I got to share the gospel with her. And moments before you pulled in the driveway, she trusted Christ. And those are happy tears. She goes, yeah. <laughs> and then he relaxed. And then I relaxed. And then Brian almost passed out. <laughs> and his face changed. And then he said, wow, um, I don't really know what to say, but thank you. He said, you see, I'm a Christian. And I've been praying for my wife. And we got a teenage son who's been getting into some trouble. And I've been praying about getting into a church. And you just came and knocked on our door. I said, sir, I'm a youth pastor. And I would love nothing more than the opportunity to minister to you and to your son and to your family. And they came. Yeah, praise the Lord. Hey, it's the power of the gospel. It's the power of the spirit. And it's the power we've been given and the opportunity and the calling to be influencers. You got the same calling if you know Jesus as your savior. You see, here's the deal. I still get nervous when I share the gospel. I'm an evangelist. I like sharing my faith, but I still get nervous and try to get, think of excuses to get out of it. It can be very awkward. And crazy stuff can happen sometimes. And I, I start like getting like nervous, and my heart rate goes up, my palms get sweaty. Start talking about, I never talk about the weather unless I'm getting ready to talk about Jesus. Well, crazy weather we've been having. I don't even know. I don't care about the weather. You know? But like, that's just how it is. And so, But at the end of the day, I step out in faith and do it, not because I'm an evangelist, not because I'm a preacher, I do it uh, I because I want to go all in for Jesus because he first went all in for me. And he went all in for you when he went to the cross. And so that's, that's why we do it. And so if you're here today and you know Jesus as your Savior, I want to first re reclaim this, but also... I want you to kind of walk in this today and realize, you know, I'm, I'm called to be an influencer too. You know, get trained, get equipped, but rely upon the Spirit, rely upon the power of the gospel. Listen, start with that word of encouragement. Start with that, how can I pray for you? Start with just caring for someone. A lot of people in need right now, right, to care for. And then get to that place of being able to share the gospel message because it is, there is power in it. And so as, if you're a child of God today, I, I want you to believe that. Not because I said it, but because we looked in God's word today and, and, and he said it, didn't he? And so if you're, if you're a Christian, uh, let's just claim this today. Can, will you repeat after me? I'm an influencer. Let's do it again, this time with, with feeling, right? I'm an influencer. I'm in. I'm influential. And maybe you're here today. And you're not a child of God. You've never made that decision. When we talk about being, I'm, talking about being I'm in, 
The first step is being in Christ, knowing Jesus, having a personal relationship with him. So Christians, do me a favor. Yes, evaluate your own life. Pray about those that that's God's put in front of you. Start with those people and begin to think about, okay, I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to influence them. I'm going to share the gospel with them. But at this moment, too, would you pray for people in this room right now who maybe need to trust Jesus? I don't know anybody, anybody's heart, but nobody's here by accident. I do know that. I just want to share the gospel. The gospel means good news. God loves you so much. Hear me out. God loves you so much that he created you to be in a relationship with him. And he created you with a purpose, too. And that's good. But the bad news is that we've all sinned, that our sins separate us from God. And that means death, physical death, spiritual death, ultimately hell. That's bad, but it gets worse. Our sins cannot be removed by good deeds. There's no good works that we can do. There's nothing that we can do on our own to remove the stain of sin in our lives. We can never be good enough. And that's just the worst news. Without someone who's willing and able to rescue us, we are doomed. But here's the good news, the best news, and that's what gospel means, good news. God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus to live the perfect life that you and I could never live. But then he died the death that we all deserved. He paid the price. He, he paid the penalty that you and I owed. He did it. He paid for it on the cross. And aren't you so glad that, that the story doesn't end with the grave? Three days later, he came up out of the grave. He came back to life. Jesus lives today. The Bible says, anybody that calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. He did that. And now by faith, you can receive this amazing gift called grace. Now, not being about, it's not about being good enough. It's not about church attendance. It's not about any of that. It's about trusting in the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you bow your head to me for just a moment? Christians all over the room praying. If you're here today and you've never made that decision, listen, the Holy Spirit, that's not butterflies. The Holy Spirit is knocking at your heart's door wanting to come in. Listen, I want to invite you in just a moment to, to, to re- in your heart, repeat after me a prayer. A prayer will not save you, but Jesus will save you. And a prayer is an awesome way to express the faith that is in your heart in words. And you can do that right now. Would you do it? Call out to him. You can do it out loud if you want to, but even if it's silently in your heart, say this to him. If you're ready, say, Lord Jesus, I know that you created me to be with you, but I also know that I'm a sinner and I can't save myself. But Jesus, I know that you died on the cross for my sins and you came back to life. I believe that. And I'm asking you right now to come into my life to forgive me of my sin to save me, to give me the gift of eternal life. I believe. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Heads remain bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, nobody's looking around, would you just look up at me? If you ask Jesus to come in your life, would you just look up to me? And, and, And 
Furthermore, would you just, nobody's looking around. I'm, just, I'm not going to call you out. Just lift your hand up. God bless you. God bless you. If you prayed that prayer, I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray for you. Anybody else? Lift your hand up. Say, today's the first day I, I trusted Christ as my Savior. God bless you. I had a couple hands that came up. Listen, hearing this invitation, can't make you, wouldn't make you, but I invite you, we invite you. During this invitation, come find Pastor Jared. He's in the back right now, or, or Pastor Chris, or somebody. Tell them about your decision. We want to celebrate. Listen, the Bible says, I want to be the first one to say to you, first of all, that trusted Christ, welcome to the family of God. Can we say welcome to the family of God right now? And listen, the angels in heaven are rejoicing right now, so I don't want to miss out on the party. Let's celebrate. I want to invite you to come share this with your pastor here or a friend so that we can help you on your faith journey. And let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much. For the opportunity to know you, Lord, and to make you known. You have an influence on all of us, and you've called us to be influencers for you and your kingdom. And you've promised us with this call to make disciples, to be witnesses, to be influencers. You've called us to make a difference, and you are with us as the greatest influencer of all time. I pray, Father, whether it's one or two or more, I know one for sure that indicated that they trusted you today. Pray that prayer. I just pray today that they would follow up with talking to somebody in this room so that they can help get started on their faith journey. We celebrate these baptisms that's about to happen in just a little bit. Lord, all the praise, all the honor, all the glory, all goes to you. We thank you for giving yourself for us so that we could have life everlasting and life abundantly here and now. And we pray it in Jesus' name. And all God's people said,